Kia ora and welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agents TV for the 9th of August, 2021. I'm Head of Research, Nick Goodall, and I'm joined by our Chief Economist, Calvin Davidson, down in Christchurch. Calvin, how are you going, mate? How was your weekend? It was cold. Uh, we've, we've had uh, a fair bit of snow and sleet and stuff, which has excited the kids, but uh, not so much their old man. So... Yeah, pretty pretty cold. So not much to report really. It was it was inside weather, of course, and, and fairly cold again today. So that's what we've been looking at. And um yeah, not much else to report. COVID vaccination, my first one coming up tomorrow. So not sure how I've snuck in. Uh, well below the age limit. But um yeah, I guess in a in a, a system that's trying to run uh, you know, many millions of vaccinations, I guess some will sneak through. So that's uh, that's you know, good milestone. I'll be happy to have that done. And hopefully that, that rollout goes well. And yeah, just a normal week of work ahead, I suppose. Yeah, nice, mate. Yeah, pretty much the same here. Obviously, um, you know, pretty cold as well. Saturday was actually pretty decent here. Went out with the family, then had my football. And then um, yesterday was yeah, much more of an inside day. So uh, yeah, certainly happy to rug up yesterday. And yeah, we didn't quite get any snow here in Wellington, but uh, certainly hail this morning. And I'm pretty sure it would have been overnight. The wind was certainly whipping up and it was uh, it was a noisy old evening, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, as you say, wrap up this morning, we'll, uh, we'll be all right. And, um, you know, otherwise made the weekend though, pretty, pretty decent. Decent sporting-wise, of course, the All Blacks back in action. Nice to take on the Wallabies once again. You know, certainly didn't do it easy with that comeback from the Aussies at the end there, although it never felt like the All Blacks were going to lose. And then seeing the uh, Olympics round out as well. Um, you know, it's just nice to flick on the TV and see another random sport on. And, and of course, for the Kiwis to uh, do so, so well. And best ever medal tally, um, pretty pretty cool stuff. So, yeah, always impressive watching those uh, you know, amazing Olympic athletes in action, um, especially the old Lisa Carrington too. You sort of can't find enough, uh, you know, good words to say about her. It's pretty pretty amazing stuff. So, yeah, bloody, bloody good weekend, really. Sure, it's pretty amazing that, that Olympics. Uh, I mean, I post the question: you know, who's up for the Hellbergs? Is it the cricket team or the or Lisa Carrington? You know, or some other Olympian? Maybe so. Yeah, glad I'm not one of those judges because that's a it's pretty big call. I was going to say, don't envy that job. They'll certainly get some criticism either way. Um, it's hard with with it so fresh in your mind to not think about Lisa Carrington but there's also a long history there whereas if it was just based on one year maybe not so and the cricketers certainly winning that test championship you'd have to ask but maybe because it's a I was going to say a smaller sport, but I suppose kayaking's not that big either. So I don't know. Let's not get into it because we know we're here all morning <laughs> debating the merits of one or the other. Um, and there's probably a few others that need to be chucked in that, that thoughts as well. But anyway, let's get into the week, mate, because it certainly wasn't a quiet week for uh, for property information either. Um, we had our house price index data out last week. Of course, we do write this in advance. We supply it to media under embargo for you know about a day or so. We provided it to the media last Tuesday morning about 9am and within about a minute uh, the Reserve Bank had released an announcement talking about the fact that they were looking to tighten up some of the monetary policy specifically around the amount of owner occupiers able to um, get a property or get a mortgage with less than a 20% deposit which of course we know is going to impact first home buyers more so than any other owner occupiers so that sort of caught us on a hop and we went well Actually, it's released, the, uh, take away the embargo. So that data's right out there, right then. So I mean, a very busy Tuesday with media and we had the uh, 
TV3 News Hub cameras in here um, for the evening news that night as well. So it was a pretty busy couple of days. We had all the data from the House Price Index. We had to take in the Reserve Bank announcement and what that might mean. Um, and then, of course, we were in preparation for Wednesday where the labour market figures came out as well with that crazy low number for unemployment dropping to only 4%, which was a massive drop and more than anyone expected, even though everyone expected that to drop to some degree. So plenty to take in there. Um, I don't know whether... Maybe I'll just touch on some of the, the house price index data first, and then we can maybe have a discussion about how it all wraps together and what we think it might mean for the market. So I think, you know, from an index perspective, the key thing was that we saw growth in the market of 1.8% over July, which was the same as June. So while we've been talking about the slowdown, you know, it actually that sort of maintained its growth um, actually in July. But then again, when I looked outside that and looked at all the centres, and then look at the quarterly change, you could see quite a significant slowdown. Um, you know, places like Gisborne, where, you know, prior to last month, quarterly growth rate was at 10%, and now quarterly growth rate of 2%. So a significant drop in that rate of growth, still growing, of course, but it has come down quite significantly. And the other areas that were similar to that, Carpety Coast, you know, 3.3% growth over the quarter, down from 10%. Um, not at all, was similar, 1.9% quarterly growth, down from 69 and Napier 2.8 down from 7.1. So there's a number of centres there where we saw that quarterly rate of growth has come back a lot. And I think that's the discussion point in terms of, you know, that, that momentum slowing, but there is still growth in the market there. Um, and so I think that's really where we sort of went to with the commentary. Um, you know, we still saw strong growth in places like Hamilton, 6% quarterly growth. So it's certainly not like it's completely changing all around the place. And the one thing I really called out, I'm not sure if we've talked about it much on the podcast, but it was Dunedin, um, where you know we saw an increase of 4.5% quarterly in the three months leading to the end of July. But you know, one of the things we've sort of been looking at is other measures of you know what's happening in each of the different markets. And something in Dunedin was we've seen you know slowing rate of, of sales volumes, and we've actually it's actually an interesting city where there's more properties for sale today than there were two years ago, you know, 21% more. Um, and that's really the opposite to everywhere else where most places are sort of 30% below the levels of stock compared to that same time in 2019. So I'm skipping that COVID period. And I just wonder if, you know, that growth in that Dunedin market, increasing interest rates are squeezing yields and the, and the profit that investors might get if they're buying property right now, especially those existing properties, down there, older stock, maybe need a bit more work on as well. And that's starting to call those investors, you know, that, to that point where they're going, actually, I'm not going to keep paying this. And so it's making me wonder about whether there's, you know, a bit more of a turning point in, in this discussion point we've been talking about where, you know, the slowdown or if there's a bit of a downturn in some areas will be felt differently around the country and just putting more and more data around that to understand how this might play out as we do see interest rates lift. And these um, these these property markets have run out of a bit of steam, and that's certainly something we called out with the uh, with the Dunedin market as an example. Not calling foul just yet or panic time, but certainly something to watch out for, um, and, and it'll differ around the country. So I think that was probably the the overall take with a bit of stats in there for the house price index data. Um, anything else sort of stick out for you, mate, or do you want to talk about how this wraps into the, the big the big discussion point or the big announcement from Reserve Bank, which caught us by surprise? Yeah, I think for me, probably nothing too much to add about the index, but I guess just the, yeah. you would think that part of the Reserve Bank's decision is is that perhaps they're a little uncomfortable with how long you know, the market's continued the way it is. I mean, sure, you could you can point to some signs of slowdown, but maybe it's not fast enough for them. And so they've, they've felt like they needed to act. And 
so they did act. You know, a big surprise last week with this this tightening up of that speed limit for for low deposit owner occupier lending. Um, so instead of twenty percent uh, being exempt, now it's only ten percent. So yeah, bit of a tightening there. Feel like it'll it'll hit first home buyers pretty hard because they're the ones who have been borrowing most of that money that's been exempt from those speed limits. And so you know maybe. Uh, interesting timing from the government's perspective that they're trying to tilt that market back in favour of first-time buyers, but the Reserve Bank comes along and makes things a bit harder in the meantime. So, yeah, lots of different perspectives on that, but at least from a, a central bank independence perspective, you know, that probably gives some people reassurance that uh, the government only has limited sway. You know, Adrian Orr and the Reserve Bank can still still make their own decisions. So that probably from that perspective, it, it gives those people a bit of comfort, but won't be much comfort for some first-time buyers who who will find things harder. You know, that deposit has, has uh, for some people, you know, really effectively kind of doubled overnight. And um, so these things will, will have an impact. And sure, the Reserve Bank's only consulting on it uh, with a view to uh, imposing it on the 1st of October. But uh, yeah, you'd wonder if that's just a token thing. It feels like the consultation's probably... Yeah, just a, a regulatory or, or you know process requirement, and, it, and it's a formality. So I'd, I'd expect these things to come in first of October, if the banks wait that long. You know, the banks could well move in advance too. So, yeah, that's kind of the general general gist. There's a, a bunch of stuff going on here, and, and will surely have an impact. I think in amongst all of this, uh, and it has been covered, is that the the you know the MOU's been memorandum of understanding has been sort of signed off. So the Reserve Bank now officially can that can sort of impose debt-to-income caps if they want to. The serviceability interest rates can be set, or those floor interest rates for, for serviceability testing. So, yeah, there's there's just more and more on the toolkit and, and um, more to come, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to pick apart there. And I think, you know, in terms of putting some figures around it, we know that about, according to the Reserve Bank data, about 35 to 38% of all first home buyers this year have secured that mortgage with less than a 20% deposit. And so that number will come down, no doubt, because the banks aren't allowed to do what we don't let to do as much lending. I think in terms of the, you know, there's two different mandates being being attacked here. You know, the Reserve Bank uh, looking at financial stability and they're saying these high LVR loans, especially where the high LVR and high debt to income, that that does cause concern for them for financial stability reasons. And to protect our economy, protect our markets, we need to tighten that up. And so they want to restrict some of that lending. Um, and that's that's the key point from there. And that's where also I think the discussion point on DTIs or that interest rate floor come in as well. And that's what they're saying. The interest rate floor, they can do sooner. So they'll look at that one, whether it has a major impact, because we know the banks already have these testing rates anyway, around about that 6 or 7% mark. You know, where does that floor come in? You know, it might be higher than some banks and lower for others. Um, so the impact might be muted for that one as well. Um, I think that your point on, yep, you know, do the banks actually adhere to the, the you know, rules around owner-occupiers, um, fewer of them being able to use the high RVR loans or low deposits. That certainly was a point that was made in their release, was, you know, that he acted them to act, he, he expected them to act in the spirit of these changes immediately, even if they're not enacted straight away. Um, and, of course, yeah, the fact that the government here, you know, it won't be what Grant Robertson wants to hear because he wants, you know, the Reserve Bank to do their job, but, of course, not do so uh, by affecting first-home buyers who could be getting on the market because that's a big part of their mandate is to ensure that, you know, first-home buyers can continue to buy in this market, which has been quite runaway most recently. So there is a lot there. Um, I think that, you know, if they do open this consultation up and then they don't, it, don't end up enacting it from 1st of October, 
um, you know, they might look to be criticised for not being independent, depending on their reasoning for not adhering to it anyway. So, you know, there's there's so much going on. There is a bit of politics here, um, but I think ultimately they're trying to stick to their mandate of saying we need to shore up our, our financial um, economy. And to do so, we need to restrict some of these, what could be seen as, as more risky lending because more and more of it's happening every month. And so, yeah, that's where it gets quite interesting. Um, we did have a look. I did have a quick look. There was a bit of discussion, of course, when this came out and put a little post on reserve on the um, LinkedIn, sorry, just saying that they kind of caught us by surprise. And, of course, that put in some discussion about what impact it might have. Um, and, you know, we can look back again, 2016. We've talked about it for the investor side of things because, it was October 2016 when not only did the Reserve Bank enact the you know, 40% deposit requirement for investors, that was also the same time because of the growth in the market back then that they also um, restricted the amount of high LVR lending for owner-occupiers back then, back down to 10%. And so essentially from 1st of October, if this happens, we'll be at the same settings we were for both types of buyers, not just for investors, which is who we've talked about in the past. And we did see that investor share of sales drop away following that point. And that's been a key part of our commentary in the last you know, few months, really. So now we can look back and go, well, what happened to first home buyers the last time we saw the same um, restrictions put on the market? And you know, there is a minor drop away um, in terms of their number of buyers, but the share isn't quite as great. And I think that's because the share of investors was hit harder. And so it didn't impact those first home buyers quite as much. But I also think, um, you know, we need to look at the fact that there were fewer buyers, fewer first home buyers back then using the speed limit or, you know, not, not requiring the fact to drop below that 20% deposit requirement. So there were fewer of them needing that because prices were lower. So this time around, I think the impact will be greater. You know, we're seeing 35% of buyers using it. You're going to see that drop down quite significantly. Whereas back then, only 30% were outside the limits that dropped to about 25% for that next 15 months as that 10% limit was on. Now there's the numbers and figures and everything going on there. So hopefully it all kind of made sense and followed. Um, but, you know, prices were, you know, values were much lower back then. So people were probably not finding it as difficult to get that 20% deposit. Whereas now it's certainly much harder to get into that market without that 20% deposit. So I do think it's a little bit different this time around. We'll see first-time buyers hit harder this time. And that's going to go against the government and certainly that's going to be a big part of the commentary in the market as well. So, yeah, I think that probably, you know, sums up my, my take on, on, you know, the Reserve Bank announcement there. Um, but, yeah, it's not a, not a simple one. I will leave a, you know, a link to our House Price Index release. Um, do check out my LinkedIn post. You know, it's sometimes a bit easier to read through it rather than listen to it when all those figures are thrown at you. Um, and certainly we're keen to hear from anyone as well as to, you know, your thoughts, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, uh, what your expectations are of the market if we do see this enacted from the 1st of October. So, yeah, plenty there. Anything else you want to round out on that specific part of things? Or did you want to just chuck, jump to the labour market figures and, of course, what this might mean for, again, Reserve Bank announcement um, coming, must be next week, is it? Yeah, next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. I think just on the LVR changes, I, mean, I guess around first-home buyers in particular, you know, these getting in without a 20% deposit has been a big factor. You know, it's using KiwiSaver as well, uh, compromising on the property type, property location, uh, hard to measure, but but tapping the bank at mum and dad. So, so there are other things there. It's, it probably doesn't necessarily spell disaster for all first-time buyers, but it's certainly been a big factor. And, you know, it's going to take out some people who suddenly find they've, they've got to save, you know, another 60, 70, 80 gram, whatever it is, depending on where you are. So there's, yeah, it is a, it is a pretty significant change came out of the, 
well, out of the blue, you know, it certainly took took me by surprise. But um, but yeah, so there's there's a bunch of things to consider. I wonder also whether bear in mind that you know the speed limit's there um, at currently twenty percent. Banks have been operating a bit below that already, and um, so it's not necessarily the case that. That the speed limit's dropped to ten percent. They'll operate at ten percent. They might operate a bit below that again potentially. So, yeah, there's there's there are there are changes going on. You got to wonder a little bit about investors too. Is is this the end of regulation for investors? You know, does it stop at a forty percent deposit, or are we looking at fifty? You know, if if, if we get into next year and house price inflation is still at 20 percent, who knows? Um, you know, is is there more to come for investors? So that's probably. Potentially, not not the end of that either. If, if they're prepared to tighten for first home buyers, who knows? Could could be more to come as well. So, yeah, a bunch to digest. But it looks like first of October, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be harder for for first home buyers, if not before, if the banks move. So, yeah, a bunch of things going on there. And then the labour market figures. I mean, it pretty much this is just another thing to add to the mix. Uh, getting those mortgages is going to be harder because they're going to cost more. Labour market figures were pretty strong unemployment rate falling from 4.6 to 4 which uh, apparently is the biggest fall on record and four percent takes us back down to you know the trough pre-covid so basically we're kind of at maximum sustainable employment i think people would say and yeah kind of locks in that that official cash rate increase on the on the 18th so um that'll make it harder too you know mortgage rates going to go up and it's probably not so much what happens on the 18th now, it's about what happens next. You know, people starting to talk about a series of interest rate increases. It looks kind of, you know, that the chances are that we could have, a, have an official cash rate, say, back at 1% by the end of the year. So there might be you know, two or three increases to come before the year's end that would know, push up mortgage rates by another 7,500 basis points. So there's, yeah, there's, there's um, some pressure coming on and, um, yeah, a lot for people to be aware of. Yeah, I mean, that was basically what changed, right? As soon as that announcement about the labour market figures on Wednesday came out, all the economists were out there putting their you know, new predictions out of the OCR. Um, and as you said, up, upwards of 1%. Still worth noting that that 1% was where it was at before COVID. Um, and so obviously it was an emergency drop to, to drop back to where they, you know, that's that 0.25%. Um, so it's still, in, in terms of a longer-term context, it's still a very low OCR, but of course it is a significant increase from where we are today, and it will flow through to mortgage interest rates. So I think it's that the expectation of future and how people will be tightening their spending or, or otherwise uh, because of this. That's probably the, the key point here. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, next week it's the monetary policy review. So they do the full review. And within that, I think you mentioned to me the other day that, of course, within that, the Reserve Bank will have their official um, official official cash rate review uh, forecasts in there as well. And that's probably something that a lot of people will look at because last time we saw it in May, you know, they only had one lift at the end of next year and then subsequently after that. So in that, you know, three-month period, we've obviously seen things, you know, shift dramatically. And now it's going to be interesting to see the Reserve Bank's official take on where they expect the OCR to go because everyone, as you say, expects not just one, but two or three before the end of the year. And that's going to be the thing that I think everyone's going to try and pull out of, of that review um, coming next Wednesday. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably the key, the key lookout for us. Yep, for sure. So uh, we've got a bit of drilling going on in the house. So hopefully that's not coming through too loudly. But yeah, it's definitely the, um, it's, I think it is what happens after. 
And, you know, there's a bunch of things. Obviously, the Reserve Bank has to consider around their dual mandate now, the labour market itself, and obviously inflation. You know, that's sort of been been overtaken a little bit by the labour market figures in the last week or so. But, yeah, there's it, it's, it, it's certainly we're looking at a, the end of the ultra-low mortgage rates and, and where it goes next. And so, yeah, people have got to be factoring these things in and hopefully people have already been doing it, actually. So there's uh, yeah, big changes to come. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's just an interesting discussion every week and and um, yeah, you can't help but think that there's just another surprise somewhere around the corner from one one area of the market or another. So uh, we'll always keep on top of those ones. Um, cool, mate. Well, there's obviously plenty plenty to digest from that. But we'll have a quick quick talk about what's coming up, of course. I think that one of the more interesting ones, and we've been talking about it quite a lot lately, is the rental data as well. So we're getting Stats New Zealand rental figures coming out this week um i thought that in your internal um you know email that you send every week for for CoreLogic staff i thought there's an interesting chart in there where you've basically plotted you know what was the increase on an index level um of rents from the from the stats new zealand data and you can sort of see that while it does look like um you know the the annual increase has jumped up and it's quite significant if you draw a line which takes away the uh, period where we saw no increases last year because of the rental freeze, things are actually tracking back where they would have been had we not had that big drop. So actually go trending-wise, things are pretty normal. Um, but of course, we still want to wait and see when we get a little bit more data. And that, that data coming out this week will be really interesting to see where it sets that those rental figures at because, of course, everyone's interested to know have landlords just passed on increased costs to, to their tenants? Of course, there's going to be plenty on this one. I think we'd need to uh, maybe chuck this chart out there. It's going to do a bit, much better justice looking at a chart than it is me um, talking about it on an audio platform. So I'll have to put that one out and I'll, I'll probably link to it in the show notes today. So I'll, um, I'll, I'll put that current chart that you've got that you put together out there on Twitter and do go check it out and let us know what you think. But uh, I think it is an interesting one and, and sort of puts it into some interesting contexts um, that maybe, you know, you don't see it like this. It looks like things are going a bit crazy. Um, but yeah, anything else on the, on the rental side of things, mate? And then what else are you looking for uh, this week? You know, I, I, that's the thing with the rental figures. It's it's all about now this, this sort of trying to, Establish the counterfactual and what would have happened if we didn't have this, and and so and disentangling all these things, just general supply and demand pressures in the market. You know, rental listings are low too, so so you know there's pressure in that market as well. Quite apart from other factors such as the tax changes, have that caused landlords to push through rents even faster than they normally rise? That that's the question. It's not so much that they won't rise; it's about will they rise faster than normal? And so there's that, and then catch up, like you say, from the rental freeze. Has it just sort of netted off that freeze and we're now back to normal and so now it becomes well do they accelerate from here so there's 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 so many things to disentangle there and like we said before don't want to dogmatically stick to the the view that rents won't accelerate but um yeah i think for now it's, it's still just so mixed and it's and it's you know, in reality, it's probably still early days too for those changes. So, um, yeah, a bunch of things there. Then, um, yeah, other releases, we've got our, our own bioclassification figures. So uh, strong interest on those from the point of view of what's happening to, well, it was mortgage investors for sure as a result of, you know, previous LVRs and the tax changes. But now actually we're going to, too early this month, of course, but we'll, we'll start to see possible first-time buyer changes as well with those, those tighter deposit requirements. So there's... Real going to be real interest on those figures for sure. Um, net migration coming out, it'll be of less interest, you would think, because the 
borders are still shut and, and the numbers have been pretty low. Uh, even, you know, even with the Australian travel bubble now closed, there were signs that things might have been starting to turn a little bit, but now that's closed. So these will be these will be um, of seriously less interest. And yeah, the Real Estate Institute figures too. So just seeing how how sales activity has gone through through agents over the past month, and you know, can we start to see slightly clearer signs of a, of a slowdown? It's been it's been slow to come through, and and that's probably prompted the Reserve Bank to take the action they have. So you know, could we see clearer signs this month? Um, so yeah, another another busy week for data, and and, and probably really you know pretty high profile releases, bioclassification, Real Estate Institute, and those rental numbers. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think for the rest of the Institute data, as I always do, I'd certainly say look past some of those headlines, make sure any any interpretation you're reading of their data, look at the index, don't look at the median sales price, look at what's happening with their index. The one month change for July will be really interesting to see if yeah, they're showing that loss of momentum that we've been talking about that maybe wasn't coming through in our index because it's a three month rolling measure. There's a just over that one month. So I'll look at just July sales, look at the index, see what's happening there. And certainly have a look at the um, you know regional, the different cities performances as well, because I think that's where we're seeing this divergence through our data and even through theirs uh, when they released it last month for June as well. So that's what I'll be, I'll be certainly looking out for. Um, cool, mate. Well, I think there's been some, some interesting chat there. Do you have anything else you wanted to um, leave us with? No, I don't think so. There's, there's just plenty going on and certainly the surprise element of those LVRs last week. We'll see how it plays out. It's going to be going to be tough for first-time buyers. Yep, I think that's the key the key point and something we made with the um, media interviews we did. Um, we even had um, Tobias here, who is now pre-sales team, and he's a he's an, he's an aspiring, aspiring uh, first-home buyer himself. And so they actually, you know, used him as their little case study for that news hub article too. And I think you know his major point was, you know, he is it is getting tougher. And you know, he even said, you know, you don't even know what's around the corner in terms of regulation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really shows you the mentality of a first-home buyer. But also, in the same breath, he was saying, you know they're going to continue on because they want to get into the market. And so they will look to sacrifice different things. And, you know, we mentioned previously when we've seen their activity and just talking to people that we know that's exactly what they do. Get your KiwiSaver, you know, adjust your expectations. If you have to move further out or buy that townhouse or whatever it is, they'll, they'll continue to find a way. And that's why first-time buyers tend to hold on probably a little bit better than investors who maybe not as often are as emotionally invested in that purchase um, and need to make the sums work more so than a first-time buyer who can, you know, if the alternative is renting, they still see it as being better off. So, um, yeah, that certainly plays into that mindset of first-home buyers and why they continue to find a way through borrowing and bigging and whatever they need to to get that money and get that mortgage. So I think that's probably the the, the major outtake there, but certainly one we'll, we'll continue to watch and see how it plays out with that Reserve Bank data, if and when this comes through on uh, 1st of October or, or potentially, as you say, um, if, it's, if it's enacted by the banks earlier, then how, how those figures start to roll out in the next couple of months. So, um, yeah, good little summary. Nice. All good. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks as per usual. Um, bloody good to have a discussion around that. I did think last week we could have almost done a reactionary pod to that Reserve Bank announcement, but uh, I don't think it was absolutely necessary. It's still good to tease out some of the details today. So thanks to get uh, for giving all your thoughts on that. Thank you for listening. Please do subscribe, hit that auto download button um, and do rate and review us. It's really appreciate us and help us to get the uh, word out there for the podcast. Do feel free to get in touch with us too. We'll have a few links to some of the things we've released lately um, and feel free to engage with us either on Twitter, LinkedIn, send us an email. Um, all those details will be within the podcast player show notes there. So do get amongst it. Otherwise, my name is Nick. He's Calvin. You've been listening to New Zealand Property Market Podcast. 
，马车湾。